G'day and welcome to the podcast of Outpost Church in McLaren Vale. We hope you find this encouraging. opportunity because Shane gave me a free kick on um, what to share about tonight so um, (laughs) his words Uh, and I thought something that we've been wanting to do and meaning to do um, you know there's a lot of quite a few people here that are relatively new uh, maybe in the past year or so to Outpost Church and I think it's timely and important that we regularly kind of share a bit of who we are as a church what our real vision is and our heartbeat and you know what brought us to kind of start what we're doing and and what our vision is going into the future as well. So I wanted to kind of bring a bit of that. Can't cover everything, but um, I'll do my best to kind of share our heart on that and get you up to speed a bit on things. And, you know, appreciate that we're very much a work in progress as we are as individuals, as a church. You may be where there's holes, there's flaws, there's places where there's gaps and there's things that we're working out constantly, you know, we're figuring out as we go. So appreciate your patience and understanding as we we figure it out. It's more complicated than you might imagine, Um, but uh, a great joy as well. Uh, So yeah, appreciate your ongoing prayers and support as we seek to lead the church faithfully. Um, Yes, so let me say a prayer and I'll get into it. Heavenly Father, I thank you that um, you are our joy, you are our uh, prize. You are the joy set before us. Uh, we were your joy. We are the joy set before you, and you endured the cross. And, and thank you that we are invited into your family, that we get to partner with your mission on the earth, that we are your people. And what an exciting privilege it is to partner with you, and what an incredible responsibility that is. Lord, I pray that you would help me as I seek to share uh, and communicate faithfully and well that vision and that heart, the big general one as well as the specific things we feel called to here at Outpost. Lord, I ask that you would um, bless this time and it would be um, encouraging for everyone that hears. Amen. So Shane, if you want to put up, do you have the slides there ready to go? I've got a couple. I, I, I uncovered our slideshow that we did a couple years ago when we were getting ready to start the church. You can leave that one up for a minute. Arian um, helped with, you know, he did the final design for the little logo. Isn't that cool? Um, helped workshop with me the idea I had. And, um, you know, I think it's quite evocative for me, at least, hopefully for you as well. But the idea behind the name Outpost is... We want to be an outpost of heaven. Like we see ourselves, you know, it says in um, in uh, Corinthians, it talks about we are, you know, strange. I think it's Corinthians, strangers and aliens in this world, and that we are ambassadors of Christ, and we're here to represent Him. Just like I, uh, someone that you know works in an embassy, they might live in another nation, but they're there living um, as a representative of their home country and that's exactly what we're to do we are not citizens of this world our true citizenship is with heaven and that's the very words that are used in the bible is that we are citizens of heaven that's our true identity that's our ultimate who we are and you know there's so many things that we could ascribe to being in this life like that we own as our identity whether that's you know our partners or our families or our jobs that we go I'm 
I'm an engineer, or I'm a mother of five, or I'm a primary school teacher, or I'm a, I own my own business, like, you know, and the families that we come, there's so many things that we can ascribe to our identity, and, or even belief systems, like, I'm a feminist, or I'm an um, environmentalist, or I'm a whatever, racist, no, we avoid the negative ones, don't we, but like... <laughs> You know, there's things that, <laughs> with the IST on the end, um, there's things that we kind of ascribe to our identity, and there might be things that you go, oh, I love chocolate, or, oh, you know, these are things that I like, and I'm passionate about this sport. I, you know, there's so many different things that make up our identity. But as followers of Jesus, we are making a statement and a proclamation that above any other love, any other passion, any other, everything else pales in significance to, I am a citizen of heaven. That's our primary identity, and that's one we should wear with pride. Like, thank you for this lovely t-shirt, Jill. This was a gift Jill gave me, and I haven't got a lot of shirts with, you know, verses on them, and, um, but I actually love it. I love that, you know, we can wear all sorts of brand names and be like, you know, I'm wearing this sports brand of that, and that's fine and cool. We've got gear like that in our house, but like, and we want to kind of be associated with that brand and like, I'm cool because I'm wearing this brand. But like, can you get more phenomenal than being related to the King of Kings? And why not like show it off in our, even the very clothes we wear, like another opportunity to say boldly, I belong to King Jesus and I'm proud of it. And I don't care if that jars with some people. Not that you have to be jarring, you know what I mean, in the way that you present that. But, you know, just to be bold and proud of you know, we don't need to be ashamed of our family. You know, sometimes we can be a bit embarrassed. I don't know. Has anyone ever felt embarrassed by their parents? <laughs> anyone else want to join me in that category? Um, <laughs> I see that hand. Um, but the question, you know, Jesus said, don't be ashamed about me before people. You know, and I think sometimes we, we have that. We're like, oh, I'm a bit embarrassed. I don't, oh, I don't know if I'm quite ready to reveal that part of my life to that person. And it's like, this is the biggest thing of who we are. And let's be, you know, yes, always wisdom and, and, and what, like gentle and, you know, grace and how we share that. But do you know what I mean? There shouldn't, it shouldn't be because we're ashamed or embarrassed that we're cautious about it. We should be cautious for the sake of representing him well or, you know, reading situations and people. But there should be a pride of like, I belong to King Jesus and I'm proud to, to declare that. Um, that's our identity. We're citizens of heaven. And so we want to really keep that concept up front in our minds because there's so many distractions and there's so many things that take us from that primary calling in our lives. And it is all of our primary calling, whether or not we're all called to be in a full-time ministry role obviously we're not but I do believe we are all called to full-time ministry whatever your vocation our lives are to be lived as a living sacrifice before God whatever your vocation we we bring our life we bring our skills we bring our gifts to him on the altar and say God how do you want me to represent you where do you want me to represent you in the workplace in the school in the home wherever I am still primarily a citizen of heaven, and I'm bringing heaven wherever I go. That's our mandate. That's our heart. 
And here at Outpost, we want to, yeah, by calling ourselves Outpost of Heaven, well, Outpost, not Outpost of Heaven, but that's the idea behind it, is to remind us and keep it fresh that we are here for a purpose and we are about the Father's business. It's, it's not about us. It's about Him and what He wants to do in this world and how amazing that He's asking and inviting us to partner with the work He's wanting to do. Um, and so we've got a couple of key verses on the next slide, you can see, maybe, there we go, Acts 2.42, um, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Uh, and then you see the 2 Corinthians verse, I reference that, we are, so we are Christ's ambassadors, God is making his appeal through us. What a privilege, what a responsibility that we are the ones bringing the appeal of God to the world around us. We plead, we speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Like, what a powerful wording. Like, it's not meant to just be a casual. I was reflecting on this the other day in, in my own attitude, I guess, and heart and how I've approached sharing the gospel and that kind of ca- overly, I think sometimes I know I've been guilty of being overly cautious and overly tiptoeing around people. And I think we're here to plead. We're here to bring a almost like beg on our knees, like come back to God. And there should be a passion about that and a, and a, a desire to go, how do I, you know, get through that wall? How do I, and, and a lot of that's done in prayer, but, you know, we should be passionate about it. We should be thinking about, whoa, how can I, plead what's the best way to make that plea to that person to come back to God and and I think sometimes we're so quick to kind of maybe test the waters a little bit oh not sure I'll just leave that and it's like we're not here for our own comfort and just how we appear in other people's we're here to bring the message of reconciliation to a broken and dying world that desperately needs it and we can't afford to be too wrapped up in our own reputation because that will get in the way of our primary calling we're citizens of heaven. We're ambassadors making the plea, come back to God. Romans 8, 15 to 17. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he had adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. It's so important that we remember that our lives are bound up in him. We have been adopted. We are his children. We are um, daughters and sons. And everything we do in this life is from a position of we've been adopted into his family, that we're not trying to be the best ambassador so that we can get the most gold stars and, and get in his good books. It's, we are in his good books and, and we come from a place of uh, adoption and a sonship when we, when we live out our calling. And I think also important to have that reminder that we share in his glory, but there's also suffering and challenge that's part of, you know, we are to, you know, Expect that and not be surprised that there will be challenges that we face. Um, 
and he doesn't shy away from letting us know that, but sometimes we are a bit taken off guard by when those things happen. Um, I love that verse. Um, In this world, you will have tribulation. Take heart, I have overcome the world. Like what a perfect one sentence explanation really of suffering and glory in this world like yes you will face tribulation but take heart I've overcome like nailed it just love it um so the these things are really kind of foundational to our understanding and to our um approach here at Outpost and and um yeah we want to keep that high and and it's not just you know, something else that's very key and I'll, yeah, is this idea of the fellowship. Oh, do you have the slide with our vision? Where is the, I'll just a quick, oh, I can go back one. I'll just quickly explain this. This is something we've done as a team a number of times as we've been processing through as a church. We've borrowed this from um, Patrick Lencioni, wrote this book, and we've used that as just a helpful tool and guide to keep us on track. And so we go through and answer these, have answered these questions as a uh, as we started the church. And then there's some of the the bottom ones that we kind of adapt, regular, come back and relook at and adjust as we go. But the the key one: Why do we exist? To see the family of God expand through our shared kingdom life in McLaren Vale. And we think that really sums up the mission of we want to see the family expand we're here to be ambassadors and reconcilers it's the family should be growing we want to see people come into the family we all have a role in that Um, but also I think this is key and this is something that I haven't personally experienced that well in churches in my own life and I've we really wanted to try and tackle this is the shared life and that you know my understanding from you know that John 17 I pa- passage I preached on uh, a little while a couple months ago about Jesus prayer as he went to the cross that we would be one as he is one and that through our oneness the world would know Jesus and I think I believe that this passage is very much overlooked and 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 tossed aside and and we we rush to do our programs and our this and our that to try and reach the world um, and programs are good and have their place but I think it is through our love and our community and our fellowship. That's really the light that shines. And yes, as individuals, it's our light and our love with God. But we express that love for God to one another. And it's through that community, the body of Christ, that's really where we begin to make an impact. You know, because as individuals, we can, you know, we have some impact, but it's really, we display and demonstrate the authenticity of our faith in community. You know, if you love if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. His commandment is to love one another. That's all of the commandments summed up. Just love each other. We show our love for him through our love for each other. And our life together is described as the body of Christ. We are like literally meant to be that interdependent on one another and that connected that we are seen as one like organism. And I don't know about you, but I haven't seen anything quite like that yet. I haven't been a part of something quite like that vision. But that's the vision of Jesus for his church. So that's the vision that we share and that we will be pushing into. And that's, that's why we have made having a meal together 
a really key part of what we do at Outpost. And it's, you know, it's not everything, but it's one way that we help to facilitate fellowship and the growing of relationships. And we're, we're saying this is really important, not just our time together, worshiping and teaching and in this space, but, you know, there's a time to sort of sit and listen. But, you know, ideally sitting in rows and listening to one person is not what church is. It's all of the body empowered to bless and encourage one another. And so having a time of fellowship that help a meal together, the idea is to help facilitate that, give people a chance to get to know each other, to share, to to pray together. And, you know, that's just, you know, like we've often said, it's not just about what happens on Sunday, but we're trying to make what happens on Sunday meaningful to that overall purpose and the best possible use of time. And so we see, you know, breaking bread. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to breaking bread, and to prayer. Um, obviously, there's the communion, but I think it's much broader than that. The, the sharing of life, of eating meals together, is so important because, you know, we're not meant to all be living separate, you know, really boxed in lives. Our lives are meant to be overlapping and connected. Um, I just want to, Shane, if you can jump ahead to the um, last those four, those four key areas. So this is something I just want to touch on because each one is really a sermon in itself. But we identified as a team these four key areas that for anyone that was going to come into more of a leadership or, um, yeah, responsibility at Outpost, we identified that we felt that these four areas were really key to Outpost and really need to be on the same page, um, you know, to, to go forward with that. So the first one is the Lordship of Christ. And I've got in brackets there the authority of Scripture, accountability, and spiritual disciplines. You know, like I said earlier, you know, our lives are to be lived as a living sacrifice to God. That's the assumption. If you've come to Christ, if you're a believer, the assumption is He is your Lord and that you are not going to yourself and to your own feelings, thoughts, opinions, um, as the ultimate guide of what you do or don't do, that you're, you're coming to Jesus and going, God, I submit to you. And sometimes that submission actually looks like submitting to one another in the community of faith as well. And um, that's a really challenging thing because none of us really like <laughs> to go under someone and say, hey, what do you think? And I'm submitting this thought or this idea or this plan. What do you, I, I'm inviting someone else in and I'm choosing to listen or to submit or to change what I'm doing or thinking according to the response I'm getting from other believers. Very few people are willing to do that. Um, but I, that's so vital to our life and healthy life together that we're willing to do that. Um, and that we, we have a shared understanding of the authority of Scripture. Um, and we come back to that as as our a corner, you know, a... a you know, the Bible, we, I really encourage you to listen to Chad's um, teaching on hermeneutics from the DTW because he really helpfully unpacked how to read and understand Scripture. And I, I can't exhort you enough to, to listen to that. Um, it's really helpful in, in how do we approach Scripture. But authority of Scripture is key. That We come back to that time and time again to help guide us because we're not ultimately relying on what we oh, what do we think and feel about this no what does the word say and we are going to always be going back to the word as as our foundation of of truth um 
The other area is what is the gospel. So um, we really want to be on the same page about what the gospel is. And that's really important. Um, And, you know, I guess to be more specific, something that we are passionate about here at Our Post is that we understand what it means to become a new creation in Christ. And that whilst we were all sinners and have come um, and are saved by grace, that our identity now is no longer as a sinner. That we are now a new creation. We've been, we want to fully adopt a new way of thinking about ourselves that God has declared over us. And I think all too often we can still kind of stay stuck or stay half in one way of thinking, half in the other, and still see ourselves um, as, oh, I'm still just a sinner, and, and fail to really apprehend we've been adopted. We are new creations in Christ. We've been given the Spirit of God, and we want to really um, lean into that and receive um, the gospel in its wholeness and, and encourage each other to live that out. And it's not about perfection. That's not the goal. The, the goal is relationship. The goal is intimacy with God and intimacy with, uh, with each other. And sin gets in the way of those intimacies. And so sin is what Jesus came to deal with, and he has dealt with it. And if we're struggling with sin in any given area, there is freedom available, and we need to come to each other and you know, be transparent about that and seek help and wholeness because there is a way forward and there is a way to walk in freedom. That's the gospel. And, you know, if we stay in shame or stay in silence about things we're struggling with, we are limited from enjoying that and from the connection and the family community that we've been invited into. Um, and it's good news. There really is a before and after effect of the gospel that we want to know and embrace and live out. That's really vital. Uh, implications of the gospel, this follows right along. Um, and, you know, John 10, 10 says Jesus desires for us to have life and life to the full. And the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. And we want to be really clear and understand what's coming from the thief and what's coming from Jesus. Life comes from Jesus robbery, destruction, death, sickness, that comes from the enemy. And God can use all those things for his good and nothing is wasted. But who is the author of them? You know, that's something we want to be really clear on that. He's made his will for us clear. He is for life. He is for healing. And we understand there's a grappling with the now and the not yet of what that plays out and looks like here. And that's always going to be a tension but we want to keep strong and always asking God for healing, asking for breakthrough. The things we know are in line with who he is. We're always going to pray boldly for those things and, um, yeah, believe for that. Um, and, you know, it says these signs will follow those that believe in Mark 16. Signs and wonders are to follow those that believe. That's just a statement in the Bible. It's not something we made up. And so, again, we don't want to just, oh, that seems a bit hard or, oh, it doesn't happen that much. Let's just sort of ignore that. No, we want to lean into that. What, what is it that, you know, what's our role to play in, in seeing those things come to pass? So that's, you know, the implications of the gospel. What, are, what has God done and what's that made possible for us as his children? We don't want to miss out on any of the benefits of salvation, of which there are many, 
And that's part of our joy is to uncover and walk in all the things that he's done and paid for for us. The last one, this one's probably where we are a little bit more different than some other churches, but we've made fellowship or hospitality is another key area. And this ties into the sharing a meal together. Um, But we see our mission and our vision is so wrapped up in togetherness and community and doing it as a family that we've made this a a real focus. Um, Yeah, we just recognize that the call and the vision for the family to expand we need to be living a shared life. The family of God to expand to a shared kingdom life in McLarenvale. We have to have some kind of shared life. And, and for that to happen, we need to be doing stuff together. And that has a really practical outworking. And on Sundays, we have meals together, but we want that to be the tip of the iceberg of our community. We want people to be building relationships, investing. And it takes effort and time and resource and sacrifice to press into relationships and to press into building community. It's not easy and it's contested uh, by the enemy and by lots of other challenges in our lives. And I've really, we really like loved and appreciated Dave how much... You know, him as like a single man, you know, really, it could be easy for him to go, it's not really my place to be the hospitality king in this season of my life. But he's, you know, opened up his home multiple times and invited people in and he's really pushed into that and helped facilitate for others that opportunity. Um, and we can all do that in different ways, whether it's just catching up with one person for coffee or whether it's opening up your home for many, you know, we all have a role to play. And I love... Um, where is it? In 1 Peter 4, it says, he reminds, to offer hospitality without grumbling. <laughs> Some versions say with a cheerful heart, which puts it in a bit of a positive light. But, you know, we can be grumbly about offering hospitality, like, because it can be hard. It can be thankless. But this is part of our calling of who we are and how we demonstrate that we love each other. And there is a cost. Love costs. Love is laying down our lives for other people. It's putting the needs of others before our own. And our culture will not encourage us to do things that put others before ourselves. Our culture will encourage us to do whatever is best for you. But the truth is what's best for us is laying down our lives for Jesus and others. And ultimately, when we live according to that design, we will be the most blessed and the most encouraged and um, yeah, so I, I think I'll stop there because, as I said, I could keep going and there's lots to cover. But that gives you a little taste of, of I guess, the heartbeat of who we are and who we want to become more of as, as the church here. And, you know, we want to encourage everyone to be equipped. And, um, you know, we understand our role, um, Shane and I understand our role is really we want to facilitate. And we're here to equip the saints for the work of ministry, that our role is not to do ministry as much as to help equip others. And we all actually play a part in that equipping. We all have something to bring to encourage, to help one another, to be equipped to do our ministry, whatever that is in the world outside these walls, um, to live as ambassadors of Christ. And we want to function more and more as a whole body. And, um, you know, we want to get better at facilitating that. We recognize there's 
gaps and flaws in, in how we structure and operate, and we're always thinking and working on that. And certainly, if you have any thoughts or insights, we're always love to have a chat and um, hear, you know, what people are see and understand. But yeah, that's the hope that we would all bring what we have, because we all have a part to play. When people aren't playing their part, when they're not bringing their gift to the body, we actually are, you know, we're worse off. And that's part of why there's gaps, because, you know, we need everyone to come in and go, what is my role in this community? And it will all look different in time and whatever, but we all participate in this life together. And so, you know, we're really excited for the future of what God can do through a community of people. And obviously, it's not just us here. There's other communities we want to continue to build relationships because we see ourselves as connected to all the other Christians in this region. Um, we're all part of the same family. and We want to do more together uh, and, and be working together um, to see his kingdom come and to see revival break out and see lives set free and um, people come to know their Lord. So it's exciting uh, what's to come. And we can't do it. It's the impossible task. It's like, I don't know if you ever remember seeing those, oh, was it Steven Spielberg did a bunch of, with Jim Henson years ago, did a bunch of these little, oh, they're like parables. Um, but one of them was this girl, and she kept being given these impossible tasks, like you have to empty out, in order to survive the night from her captors, like you have to use this ladle to empty out this lake, and, and, and the ladle had holes in it, and it's just like, there's just no way you can do this. Do you, Erin, do you remember these vaguely? Um, and so each day she got like different, one was she had to collect all this straw and spin it into gold. And all these different, like, just impossible tasks. If you can do this, then you can live. And um, the one uh, I remember is, uh, yeah, this this lake. But then each time this big lion came. And with the lake, he just licked and lapped up the whole lake. And, you know, he came and actually made the impossible possible each time. And I think, you know, that's our story. We know what he's called us to do. We can't do. It's impossible without him to see people's lives transformed and community supercharged and everyone thriving and living you know as they're called to live and operating their gifts and you know it's sort of the impossible dream and but yet you know with God all things are possible and we lean on him and his strength to to see that happen and that's why we have hope and joy about the future because we know he is with us and he will bring to pass what he desires and the gates of hell cannot um, stand against the army of the Lord. So that's where we're at. I'll say a prayer and uh, we'll have another song. Father, thank you that you are so amazing and what you've called us to do and be a part of is, is yes, yeah, so exciting and so beyond us, but we're thankful that you're here in our midst and that you will show us the way forward, that you, you ask us to lean in and bring our lives as living sacrifices God I pray that you would soften each of our hearts to be willing to um, lay down our lives for you but also for one another Lord that we would love each other well love each other as you've called us to that we would bear with one another that we would forgive one another that even when we're offended or hurt or we feel like no one cares about us that we would push through that for your sake 
and we would continue to reach out to one another in love and keep building in love because we love you and we know that's your dream and we want to work towards seeing what you want done in this place. Lord, help each of us to lay aside our lesser loves and be consumed with a passion for you, for your name and for your glory and for your kingdom to come. Fill us with a passion and love for each other, the family of God. And may you use us and our love for you and each other to bring others into your family. Amen.